accomplish those things that God has for us in our generation. But it'll take boldness to do so. It'll take an understanding of who we are in Christ and the power that has been invested in Christ Jesus that now dwells on the inside of each and every one of you. Amen? 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God. Somebody say they're mighty through God. It's all through God. It's all the power of God. As long as we keep our eyes on Him and recognize that He is the source of all this power, there's nothing that He won't do through you. As long as you give Him the praise, the glory, and the honor for every manifestation of His Spirit in your life, there's nothing that He won't do through you. Amen. The works that Jesus did, you will do also. Because he's been enthroned at the right hand of God. So the Bible says, they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Verse 5 says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. We have to embrace the knowledge of God if we're going to walk in spiritual boldness. The Bible says, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So we've been given the power of the Holy Spirit to hold captive every thought of weakness, every thought of fear, every thought of defeat, every thought of barrenness. Every thought of addiction, every thought of shame must be brought into captivity by the believer if he's going to experience the will of God in his generation. We have to be those who believe that we truly, by the power of the Spirit of God, can do all things through Christ which strengthen us. But we're not, we're not drawing strength from our own self. We're drawing strength from God Almighty. And because of that, all things are possible to us and for us in our generation. But in order, again, for us to experience those things, we have to boldly take our stand. And like we've said in past teachings, the deeper you get into the things that we're talking about, the more the enemy is going to come against you and with his pushback. But you cannot be intimidated by that. That's simply a sign that you're on the right track. Hallelujah. That's simply a sign that God is taking you to a new level of glory. So we're not ignorant of his devices. We understand what's going on when we face difficulty along the way, when we begin to get this type of revelation on a regular basis. Amen? So, spiritual boldness is our portion, but we must take captive every thought of weakness, every thought of insufficiency, because we have been made sufficient in Him. Amen? I said amen. Now we're going to go to the book of Joshua, and we talked about Joshua last week, and I want to go back there 
Because Joshua was a person that God used to, to bring Israel into their inheritance. And we can learn some things about that in terms of us experiencing our promised land as we possess those things that God wants us to possess. Joshua 18, verse 1. And the whole congregation of the children, and by the way, this is all review right now. The whole congregation of the children of Israel assembled together at Shiloh and set up the tabernacle of the congregation there. And the land was subdued before them. So they already had the victory. We found that out last week. They already had been, been given the victory by God because the Bible says that the land was subdued before them. Same holds true with you and I. Jesus has already defeated Satan. He's already taken all of his spoils, all of the things that, he, that Satan trusted in. Those things have been taken back by Jesus Christ. Satan is a big zero, but he tries to convince us that he still has power. The only power that he has, remember this, is deception. If he can keep us deceived, he can, he can uh, keep us in bondage. But once we get a revelation that, he's all, that he is a defeated foe and that Jesus spoiled principalities and powers, we can, we can just walk in and experience the blessing of the inheritance that God has for us. So the Bible says that the land was subdued before them and there remained among the children of Israel seven tribes which had not yet received their inheritance. So seven tribes were reluctant to go in, even though the victory had been proclaimed. Even though the victory was theirs, they were reluctant to go in. Let that not be uh, us. We don't want to be those seven tribes. We want to be those who believe what God says, and we're ready to go in and possess all that God has for us in our generation. I wish I had somebody stirred up about that tonight. Go in and possess all that God has for us in our generation. And not be talked out of it. Now verse 3 says, And Joshua said unto the children of Israel, How long are you slack to go to possess the land which the Lord your God, which the Lord God of your fathers had given you? So Joshua was telling them, Go in and possess the land. Go in and possess your calling. It is your season. And I'm saying that to the Ark Fellowship tonight. It is your season. It is your season to experience those things that God has been getting you ready for all these many years. Some of us have been walking with the Lord a long time. And we've wondered, why have we not entered into our blessing? Why has it been taken so long? Well, it's your season right now. It's time to possess it. God is telling us it's time to go in and take what's ours. Amen. But it'll, it'll take a, 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 a spirit of boldness to do so. We have to be those who walk by faith and not by sight. Those who are not intimidated by what they see, what they feel, or what's going on in the world around them. But they are people of the Word and have put their trust in God and are not moved by anything other than the Word of God. Amen? So that's what Joshua was telling them. It's time to go in and possess the land. Now some, there are some keys to, to doing that. And let's go to Joshua chapter 23. Chapter 23. 
Because in order for you and I to do that, to possess the land, there's some things that we have to do on purpose. Somebody say on purpose. Verse 8 of chapter 23. Joshua tells Israel, But cleave unto the Lord your God, as you have done unto this day. Now, I remember Moses, before he, would, before he went on to be with the Lord, before he was, gave up his assignment and God buried him, Moses told Israel to cleave to God. Joshua is telling Israel to do the same thing, to cleave to God, to uh, hold on tight to God because without God, Israel cannot experience the inheritance. Same holds true with you and I. We have to have a total, complete dependence on God and on Jesus Christ. On his righteousness, his strength, and his ability. In order for us to experience what God wants us to do, we have to cling to him with all of our power, with all the Holy Ghost power that we have. Because without him, there's no way that we can possess it. Now, it takes a mindset to do that. A lot of times we, get, we, we can get spiritually aloof or spiritually lazy. And that causes us to uh, experience uh, the things that God doesn't want us to experience, which is defeat sometimes. But here's the thing. If we cling to God on a moment-by-moment -moment basis with total dependency on Him, we can experience everything that that Bible promises us. Now, God told Israel these things so that it would increase their boldness. I want to go to Isaiah chapter 41. He's about to speak to them, and He wants to increase their boldness so that when they are attacked or when there are, the enemy comes against them, they will not get discouraged. He wants them to keep their eyes upon him. And that's what he's telling you tonight. He wants you to keep your eyes upon him as you go in to possess your inheritance, as you go in to possess your land. Isaiah chapter 41, verse 8. But thou, Israel, art my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the seed of Abraham, my friend. So he reminds them of their destiny. He reminds them of their, of their heritage. He reminds them that, of Abraham, that Abraham was God's friend and that Abraham was in covenant relationship with, with, with God and that that same covenant that Abraham experienced, God, God wants them to experience it in their fullness, in his fullness. He says here in verse 9, Thou whom I have taken from the ends of the earth, and called thee from the chief men thereof, and said unto thee, Thou art my servant, I have chosen thee, and cast not thee away. So God is reminding them that they are a chosen generation. We talked about that last week. We are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. We are kings and priests under our God. This is our position in Christ. And God, God wants, he's reminding us of that so that we will be bold in our assertion when the enemy shows up. Again, we talked about David last week. The reason that David was so bold 
was because he had meditated on truth long enough which caused him to understand that because he was in covenant relationship with God and Goliath was not, that Goliath was defeated even before he went into the battle. Same holds true with you. When the enemy knocks on your door and tells you you can't, you can't win this time, you have to always remind him that I got a covenant with the living God that promises me victory every single time. He always causes me to triumph in Christ Jesus. Now, you've got to make that, that a confession when things are going crazy. You've got to make that confession when it doesn't look like anything's happening good for you. You've got to say that when the bad news shows up. You've got to make that, that confession even though every, nothing seems to be working in the natural. You've got to remember that God has always done something in Christ Jesus that will cause you and propel you into your next level of glory. That, that's our portion. And so that's what he's reminding Israel of. Thou art my servant, I have chosen thee, and have not cast you away. As you said that tonight, if you're born again, if you're a child of God, you are chosen. God, when he chose you, he had a plan for you. And that plan is never defeat. That plan is never second place. Hallelujah. That plan is always first place. Hey, amen? That's the type of God we serve. And you can't settle for second place because God doesn't want you to. So, but in order for you to experience these things, again, it will take spiritual boldness and a Holy Ghost audacity. Then he says here in verse 10, Fear thou not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, I will, and I will uphold you with my right hand, with the right hand of my righteousness. So God says, I'll strengthen you, I'll help you, and I will uphold you as long as you cling to me. As long as you keep me first. As long as I am your focus in the morning in the noonday, and in the night season. It takes a spiritual decision that you're going to walk with God consistently if you're going to experience what God wants you to experience. The victory costs God everything. It costs Him His Son. It costs us nothing. All, it takes, all God wants us to do is to keep him first. And that's what I'm, I'm hearing the Holy Ghost say. Tell them to keep me first. And there's nothing that I won't do for them. There's nothing I won't do through them. Amen. He says, I'll strengthen you. I'll help you. And I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. So again... I'm experiencing, you're experiencing the things we're going to experience is not because we're righteous in ourselves, but we have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I have to view myself and see myself from that perspective on a moment-by-moment -moment basis. I have to know that the blood of Jesus has caused me to experience things that I don't deserve. In the natural, I don't deserve it, but 
in the spirit because of what Jesus has done. I have been made righteous and I can walk in every promise of the new covenant. Amen. Every promise of healing, every promise of prosperity, every promise of divine peace, divine joy. I can experience all of that because I've been made righteous in Christ. Amen. Then God says here in verse 11, Behold, all they that were incensed against thee shall be ashamed and confounded. That's talking about the devil and his crowd. Those spirits that have warred against you all of this time, all of these years. Those bondages that we have experienced over time. God says, in this season, I'm going to cause them, each and every one of them, to be put to shame. And I'll confound them. And that they shall be as nothing. No chain, no bondage in this season will be able to, to hold on to you. Because of what God's about to do. The defeat of the past is in the past. The things that have held you back will no longer hold you back. God wants you to go in boldly and proclaim your deliverance and experience his mighty power because this is your season to do so. I'm going to read verse 11 again. Behold, all they that were incensed against you shall be ashamed, that's talking about Satan, and confounded. They shall be as nothing, and they that strive with thee shall perish. Thou shalt seek after them, and shalt not find them. Even them that contend with thee, they that war against thee shall be as nothing, and as a thing of naught. Glory to God. God's speaking to somebody tonight. He's telling you that you, you're going to walk in 100% victory in this season. Amen. That the sickness and disease that, was, that used to overtake you can no longer overtake you because you got the revelation that that yoke does not fit anymore. That you've been made free forever by the blood of Christ. And that the covenant that we have with God through Jesus Christ, is a joint inheritance. That the Son of God who is seated at the right hand of God, He does not experience defeat. He does not experience sickness. He does not experience fear. Neither should you. Because you're seated there with Him. He's given us revelation tonight, in this season, of what has been done for us, and what he expects us to possess in this season. And that is victory every single time. Somebody say, that's... <laughs> I, haven't, I, I didn't think the, the, that that could happen. But in this season, God is saying, this is our portion. We're coming out of a season uh, of pushback, of setback. But God says, he's taking us to that level of blessing where no weapon formed against us will prosper. If you can believe it. If you can believe it. Didn't say that a weapon wouldn't be formed, but it won't prosper. 
because of the divine information that he's given us to overcome the enemy. Okay? So we're not going to be intimidated anymore with the devil's encroachment. But we'll understand that when he comes, when we answer him with the sword of the Spirit, we can defeat him. Verse 13. For I, the Lord thy God, will, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help you. Verse 14. Fear not, thou worm Jacob, and you men of Israel, I will help you, saith the Lord, and thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Then he says here in verse 15, is, this is the verse that he gave us in the beginning of this series of teachings that we've been talking about. Behold, I will make you a new sharp threshing instrument having teeth. That's God's will for us in, in this season. You're going to be too much in the spirit for Satan to handle. Amen. You're going to be a weapon in the hand of God that's going to glorify God in this season. People are not going to recognize you anymore because of what God is doing in your life and through your life. And all God is looking for is somebody who will believe it. It's somebody who will boldly say, God, that's my portion. I want that. I want to glorify you in that. The blood of Jesus has set me free that I might live this kind of, this kind of existence in this generation. Because he's seated at the right hand of God, I am too. They understand that. Behold, I will make you a new sharp threshing instrument having teeth. Thou shalt thresh the mountains and beat them small and shall make the hills as shaft. Glory to God. So that's our portion, but I must cling to God. And I can't say that enough. That's what God wants us to understand. These things take place as we cling to God with everything. We shake off the influence of the world. We shake off the influence of what's going on in the world. We become separated to him in this season. We become what God wanted Israel to be, which was a special people unto himself. He almost wants us to be insulated, but he still wants to, he wants to insulate us, but at the same time, he wants us to go forth in his power, letting people know that Jesus Christ is Lord. Okay? So these are the things that, that God wants us to understand as we, as we go into this promised land, as we go in to possess our promised land. Now, let's go back to uh, Joshua 23. Let's look at verse 9. For the Lord God had driven out from before you great nations... And strong. But as for you, no man had been able to stand before you unto this day. So, all this time that Joshua was leading them, they never suffered any defeats. They walked in miraculous power, they walked in miraculous victory. Now, that's what God wants for us. He says, In this season, we're going to walk in miraculous power, 
We're going to walk in miraculous victory, overcoming all adversaries that come against us in this season. Okay? But again, we must boldly proclaim who we are in Christ in order for that to happen. Verse 10. One man of you shall chase a thousand. In the natural, that's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So what God is saying to us is he's opening up to us the supernatural like never before. The early church experienced the supernatural. But God's saying in, our, in this generation we're living in, the latter reign is going to be greater than the former reign. And the power of God is going to be on display like never before to those who are willing to believe it. One man of you shall chase a thousand, for the Lord your God, he is it that fighteth for you as he had promised. Then he says here, Take good heed, therefore, unto yourselves, that you love the Lord your God. So again, he's making us focus, he wants us to focus on the clinging to God, and the love that we must have for him. Now, the love to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. How many of y'all know in the natural that's impossible? Amen. We got to admit that. That's impossible in the natural. But we are not natural people anymore. <laughs> Amen. We have been born again. And we have the power of the Holy Ghost to love God with. The scripture says, I believe it's in Romans 5 and 5, the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. You know, the devil used to, used to torment me with thoughts that uh, I didn't love the Lord, that I couldn't love God, and that uh, my love for God wasn't pure. But uh, I found that scripture right there, and, I, and, and that, that scripture makes a liar out of the devil. Because it says, God's love, God's love has been shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Ghost. So the love that I love God with is the love of God itself. Amen? Think about it. It's God's love that causes us to love Him. Amen? That's pure supernatural love. And that's our portion in, 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 in this season. So we have to remember that when we go in. So again, God wants us to keep Him first place. He will not be second place and to love him with his own supernatural love. That, for me, that takes the pressure off. If I, if, if I got God's love to love him with, I can, I can love him with that supernatural love and I can experience every promise in the Bible because of the love that I, that I release to my God. Amen. So I got to keep God first so I can keep God first because I have his love. I can, I can do the things he's asking me to do because I have his love. Faith works by love. Amen? Let's go to uh, Luke chapter 12. Glory to God. Again, I really believe the Holy Spirit is focusing in 
on the necessity to keep God first. But rather seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. So somebody needs to put this in their notes. God first, kingdom first, the spirit first, the word first, and the anointing first. I'm going to say that again. God first, the kingdom first, the spirit first, the word first, and the anointing first. Those things have to be, uh, have that position in our lives has uh, the, the most necessity, has the thing that's most needed. Okay? So when we do that, that's when the power of God is manifested in our lives. It says here in verse 32, Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give unto you the kingdom. Don't let anyone talk you out of the supernatural in this season. Don't let anybody tell you that the power of the Holy Ghost cannot flow through you in a miraculous way. When you're out there in the world and the Holy Ghost speaks to you, to do something in his name, with his power, don't hesitate. Amen. When, when, when God tells you, go pray for that person in that wheelchair, do it. Act on it. Because that's when the power will show up, when you act boldly this way. So don't let anybody talk you out of the supernatural. Isaiah chapter 8, let's go there. I believe God is bringing a, a, a conclusion to this series of teaching tonight, but he's just reminding us of some of the things that he's been teaching us in these, in these past weeks. Isaiah 8 and 18. Isaiah writes, Behold, I and the children whom the Lord had given me or for signs and for wonders in Israel and from the Lord of hosts, which dwelleth in Mount Zion. So what God is saying, I want my people in this season to boldly step out into signs and wonders because signs and wonders are your inheritance. Healing the sick. Raising the dead. <laughs> Hallelujah. These things are everything that Jesus did in his earthly ministry. He's expecting the church to do it right now. He's expecting the members of the Ark Fellowship to do it right now. Somebody said, well, that's just for the preachers. No, that's for every member of the church. Everybody who's been born again can walk in the type of power I'm talking about tonight. Can walk in the type of anointing I'm talking about tonight. Stephen was not an apostle but he walked in Holy Ghost power. He served tables, but he walked in signs and wonders and miracles. I'm looking for some Stevens to rise up at the Ark Fellowship. I'm looking for some people who have got an understanding that in our generation, God wants to do miraculous things and who will accept the mantle 
and who will boldly proclaim the gospel with signs and wonders following. It's not going to just be done at the the pulpit up here. It's going to be done out there on the street, on your jobs, in your family get-togethers, when you're around people that don't know Christ. This is when the power of God is going to fall upon you. This is when the signs and wonders and miracles are supposed to manifest in our lives, when we're out there. They're going to happen here also because the the sick are going to be brought here. The bound are going to be brought here. And the power of God is going to be released here. But it's going to be released out there also through you. Signs and wonders and miracles are our inheritance. Let's go to Mark chapter 10. I'm going to get ready to close there. Mark chapter 10. Verse 46. And they came to Jericho, has, and as he, as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the, by the highway begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace, but he cried the more a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, for he called thee. And he casting away his garments, rose and came to Jesus. The Bible says he, he cast away his garments. And what God is saying in that is that we need to take off the beggar's garments that we've been wearing. Amen. He wants us to take off the beggar's garments that we've been wearing. And Jesus said this, My bride is not poor in any way, for I am rich. That's what he wants you to, that's what he wants you to, to leave you with here tonight. My bride is not poor, for I am rich. And everything that belongs to him belongs to you. You got to believe it, though. You got to be bold in your assertion of that. You got to be bold in your proclamation of that. You got to take back what belongs to you. And I want to pray for some people tonight with the time we got left. Is anybody who wants to go to that next level, I want you to come down here. I want you to come down here. God wants to do something tonight. God wants to do something tonight. Amen. Thank you, Lord. You ready? Lift your hands to the Lord tonight. Lord, Lord, we thank you tonight that you're releasing your divine boldness upon your people. Like never before, God. Those things, Lord God, that you have called him to, oh God, let him begin to experience them right now in this season. Let him begin to experience, oh God, the the grace of God like never before, that he might walk in that which you have ordained before the foundation of the world. In the name of Jesus. 
The divine hunger, O oh God, that you have placed inside your daughter, God. May it flame up, Lord God, into great power and great fire, Lord God, in this season. Let her experience, O oh God, that which you have ordained before the foundation of the world. Fill her with divine boldness like never before, God. Give her words of boldness as she stands before men and women and proclaim your greatness, O God, in the power and might of your Holy Spirit. All that you have called him to, O God, may he begin to experience it in this season. May the blessing of Abraham explode in his life. May he experience the fullness, O oh God, of the calling that you have upon his life. Give him divine boldness to comprehend it and apprehend it, O oh God, in this season. In Jesus' name. That river of living water, Lord God, that you have placed inside your, your daughter, Lord God. Let it spring forth like never before. Let her drink to her full, Lord. Let her eat, O oh God, the divine bread of God to, to the fullness. May she experience, O oh God, that which you have ordained before the foundation of the world, Lord God. May she be bold in her proclamation of your greatness, Lord God. Wherever she goes, put the word of God in her mouth, Lord God, like a sword in the spirit. In the name of Jesus. I see the sword of the word of God coming out of her mouth, O oh God, in great power, in great boldness. I see her speaking, O oh God, the word of God in strength like she's never done so before, Lord God. The line of the tribe of Judah rising up in her, O oh God, like never before, Lord God. This is her season, Lord God, for your divine purpose to be made manifest for your kingdom glory. In the name of Jesus.